0: Welcome today, um, glad you could join us and I hope you uh, will find this interesting. We're talking today, um, our main feature is about uh, living and working abroad with, with inheritance tax for for expats um, based upon UK assets. So uh, we'll look at that in a bit more detail uh, soon, um, if you can just do that. I'm just get you more centred on there, so we can see a bit more clearly what we're doing. <clears throat> so, uh, welcome to this week's Living Working Abroad show uh, from Private Partnership. They, we specialise in helping UK expats living and working abroad, working overseas with uh, a European office in Cyprus and the UK, but we can help expats uh, around the world. Uh, we're also on a uh, Twitter space, so you can listen in on that um, uh, and, and talk to us and chat to us here. So if you've got any questions that you want to ask, ask away and, and we'll answer them during the, the webinar after the main feature. But first of all, I want to start with, with uh, <clears throat> this week's uh, news where we've, we've looked at what's been going on in, in the world and how that affects uh, expats. We see that uh, China's got a major deflation going on at the moment, um, and it, it's had a China crisis. So China, would be been used over the last 20 years for it to be a booming economy, um, driving the world uh, with, with products and innovation, but suddenly it, it, it's entered into a period of um, a recession. And, and where is that going to be? Uh, We saw in the UK in the 2008, uh, a major financial crisis which carried on and and endured right through to the pandemic in 2020. And in the nineties, Japan went into a deflationary spiral, um, which which, once you get into that deflationary spiral, and you've you've still got the same level of debt for mortgages and businesses, um, but the prices are falling and the sales uh, uh prices are falling where you're trying to pay off the the debt at the whole amount and it just drags the whole thing and creates a stagnation in the economy which, which carried on in japan really it, uh, and until today where very low inflation low growth uh, for many years and it's it's very difficult situation to get out of and that's potentially where china going at the moment now Anything economics and anything headlines, is always um, a a mute point about whether it'll have uh, actually come to be. Uh, But anybody who travels into China, you'll see these ghost cities where there's tower blocks built of of big uh, uh, property boom, uh, funded by debt, funded by international investors. um, And these properties are empty, they're not sold, and they haven't got any buyers. And, and this is a, a potential problem. And we've already seen one major significant international investment, uh, Chinese property company Evergrande uh, collapse uh, over the last couple of years and potentially another property, Chinese property company that could collapse as well. That, that property stagnation could create the sort of issues that the UK, Europe and um, and Japan, have had in the past, and, and uh, it, it will cause that that issue for China and and for the world. And there won't be that economic impetus coming from from that economy in that direction. So it's an interesting thing for expats that have been working abroad how you how you develop your business going that. On the good news, the China deflation could actually spread around the world with lower prices for goods um, manufactured and delivered overseas, uh, uh, easing the price on the world inflation uh, that's going around uh, the the other economies around the world. The European Court of Human Rights has been featured again in in the news, and um, this is designed to protect asylum seekers. Now, asylum seekers are, are people that uh, they're fleeing for their lives from war zones and they deserve protection uh, under international rights from the atrocities that we've seen over not just the last century but uh, ever since mankind came into existence. Uh, and that's what it's there for. But the, the, the boats crisis, the uh, migrant crisis that Europe has got um, and, and uh, America in its own way is... People are using asylum laws in Europe um, to to create this boat crisis, and it's actually wrong. What's wrong about it is that these are not running from a proper asylum conflict. They're they're economic migrants. Half of the world's population is under 25, and, and they're looking for new opportunities and new ways of working. And 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 that and the use of the asylum rules to try and relocate uh, to get into uh, uh, the UK or another economy where they can then work and, and earn significantly more money than they could do in their home country, and that that is what has led to the uh, boats crisis at the moment. And because all these people are then treated under the asylum laws when they're actually economic migrants, it creates a, a, a misbalance. And a real problem for uh, the developed economies. In Cyprus, we've seen uh, riot shields and, and uh, rioting as <clears throat> the government have had to step in and evict um, more than 600 asylum seekers from one uh, resort location that they'd occupied because of the issues that were raised, some of them illegal asylum seekers, but some of them. Uh, uh, just causing local problems in terms of uh, uh, disturbances or or thefts or problems. So the, the, the asylum issue becomes a real issue for a government to maintain under the international conventions. Um, but the conventions are designed to protect people that are not economic migrants, people that are running from war zones. And a lot of these people are economic migrants, what it needs is a new set of rules. If you're an expat and you're relocating overseas and you want to work, you go on your skills or you go on your business investment. What we need is a more competitive environment around the world with investment in these countries to bring on the, the skills and resources in those local economies. That's the way forward. Uh, the UK may pull out of the European Court of Human Rights, it doesn't mean that the abjugating the responsibility under asylum laws, just the means that they're managing economic migrants in a different way to uh, genuine asylum seekers. The next feature I want to raise today is is about India. So the UK and India could potentially have a a trade deal. Now this is is the the sort of thing that needs to be done uh, to help fix the, the economic migrants crisis. If you've got a booming Indian economy, uh, the, the young people, the young people in that population can help uh, create the solutions uh, for business. Um, so a country like Britain, uh, engaging fully with with the um, uh, population, with the young people in, providing economic wealth for them, working in their local economies will provide uh, the, the the income that those people need in their home countries to avoid uh, uh, economic uh, migrant problems. But India is also it, it's the biggest population in the world now 1.4 billion people, bigger population than China. So, uh, a booming Indian economy in the next 20 years could replace the, the driver that, that China was if they're to fall into recession. Um, so, the potential trade deal for the UK. In India, that could be announced as soon as next um, uh, month, September's um, uh, economic conference in in India uh, between Britain and, and India, and that could pave the way for uh, new business opportunities, new markets for for UK and Indian companies, and allow a more stable way of moving people between jurisdictions. When we're looking at living and working abroad, we look back to 2008, um, the economy uh, of, of the world and of the UK, and we see the good, the bad and the ugly. The big financial collapse in, in the UK and America in 2008 uh, was was resolved with monetary easing, quantitative easing, which solved the, the crisis and got the economy back on uh, a, a level footing. The ugly, unnecessary uh, uh, thing that carried on from there was that monetary easing carried on for 10 years with low inflation, um, sorry, low interest rates and low inflation, uh, which which caused a driver down uh, for wages and stopped innovation. What it did do is inflate property prices, um, um, pricing many young people, a whole generation of people out of uh, UK property and maximising uh, people's uh, investments in property and, and, and skewing investment funds away from innovation and business and skill development um, in, into properties. There's a lot of people making a lot of money on property during this period, um, but it, it hasn't uh, resulted in the economic benefits for the people in the UK. The really ugly bit about this is that monetary easing was ramped up during the pandemic, which has now resulted not in stable low inflation, but high inflation. So the, the UK has got its economic crisis of its own at the moment to move forward. And what we need to save for the UK is investment in skills and training to get a high-skill, high-wage economy. Uh, it be attractive for the people in Britain. Uh, much like uh, has been created over the last 15 years in California and Ireland. Um, so look forward to changes in the economy which will open up the the, the world of business and opportunity for expats, investors uh, in the UK and for the UK abroad. If you're an employee in the UK and you want to work remotely, you can work around the corner or you can work across borders. Once you work across border, there becomes issues. So if your employer is intent on keeping you as an employee, but is happy for you to work remotely and overseas, um, then there becomes an issue with tax and national insurance. If you're working for more than 90 days, if you're going to be under short stay rules and you want to become a resident in an overseas jurisdiction to work, um, then your, your employer, if he's paying you as an employee, has to start paying local tax and local national insurance, which is traditionally done by opening a branch, or subsidiary um, in, in, that loc- in that location. Um, one solution for expats would be to become a contractor instead of the employee of the UK company. But then uh, a UK company has to apply IR35 rules and they leave themselves liable any tax and national insurance and some companies may choose not to take that risk uh, and to apply I-35 rules which to a contractor means they're paying the same tax as they would do as an employee so there's no benefit to being a sole trader contractor uh, overseas working remotely if it then brings you into I-35 there's no difference there's no advantage other than the lifestyle of living and working abroad so what what was the middle way If you're an employee and you want to work remotely and you want to work across border, then your UK employer could agree to that. And if they do, and you work abroad, then you need an employer of record. So this is something that uh, PROAC can do uh, in the jurisdictions where we are, but we can also advise a company on that. That an employer of record would pay the income tax and social insurance so if a, a UK employee came to live and work in Cyprus, they could pay Cyprus tax, income tax, and pay Cyprus social insurance, uh, which would uh, keep the employer happy, uh, keep their records correct. Um, there's a social insurance agreement between Cyprus and the UK, so it keeps the, the benefits and the uh, for pensions and for the family uh, continuous uh, and not being lost. Um, but the other uh, issue for an employee is, is that potentially a new expat employee working in Cyprus could potentially get 50% uh, tax deduction, income tax deduction um, for, for 10 years or more. So the, the, the highest rate of income tax in Cyprus is 35,000, 35%. Over 65,000 euros, so that's the highest uh, income tax rate in Cyprus compared to 45 percent in the UK. But you can pay half that rate as a maximum, so you can pay 17 and a half percent. So you pay between 10 and 17 and a half percent for up to uh, uh, for a number of years and sort of beyond five years, beyond 10 years, and that employment in Cyprus also then gives you a resident permit to live and work in in Cyprus and the EU on a permanent basis. For more information and guidance on working remotely and, and uh, an employee of record service from Cyprus, uh, contact us at productpartnership.com. Also in the news this week, that means some uh, EU, um, Schengen shenanigans in Gibraltar, where the the, uh, extra uh, border checks have been reported on the Spanish border between Spain and Gibraltar. It's a land border, uh, and 10,000 Spanish workers work in the in the uh, Gibraltar each day. So there's uh, plus other expats going across that border. Gibraltar, under a temporary agreement, is supposed to be in the Schengen zone, um, even though it's not in the EU, uh, because it's a British overseas territory. Um, um, but this, uh, the, the shenanigan is the idea that this Spanish applying extra tests and extra passport checks, uh, rather than in freedom of movement across the Schengen border. This is a, a, a key point for expats, although... Uh, any EU citizen has a freedom of movement uh, within the Schengen zone, um, the, the police and the border police have the right to do those passport in- inspections if they need to, and to change those rules. Um, now, whether it's a polit- short-term political issue or a genuine uh, uh, criminal activity issue, we don't know, uh, but we're watching the space on the shenanigans over Schengen, border uh, Gibraltar and Spain. The final point in the news uh, is we're looking at uh, second homes. Uh, many people this summer will be enjoying their overseas property uh, in Spain, uh, Portugal, France, Cyprus or Greece. Um, but short-stay rules mean that uh, as they're enforced uh, by the Schengen, within the Schengen zone Within the EU, uh, mean that staying more than ninety days becomes a difficulty. Uh, with visa-free travel, it, it's not too much of a problem at the moment. But electronic travel authorities are coming in, and this will allow the border police to apply uh, the ninety-day rule, uh, which can mean fines if you overstay or potential uh, not letting you back in in, in the future. Um, there's a number of different ways around that so if you've got a holiday home one of the solutions could be to get a visitor's visa like a 12-month visa that allows you to stay extra time but have in mind that when you apply for that longer stay than 90 days in an EU country they could well look for you to have your own private medical cover for that period and not not just private medical cover, but also repatriation cover. Uh, a country doesn't necessarily want to be left with a dead body, um, and, and how to get that home. So you want to make sure that you've got that, and it, you know that would be in, in your insurance. So if you're going overseas, uh, make sure you've got some travel insurance that includes repatriation if the worst comes to the worst. Um, if uh, so, a visitor's visa is a short-term stay doesn't allow you to work, doesn't allow you permanent residency, but it allows you to stay for a longer period of time in your holiday home uh, for longer than the the 90 day in 180 short stay rule that applies for the uh, EU Schengen zone. More information and guidance on an annual uh, visitor visa to allow you to access your overseas property, contact us at productpartnership.com. So that's all our news for, for, for this week. And if you've got any questions on that, just ask up on the um, on the Twitter space chat that's going on at the moment, or um, you can type a message on on the YouTube channel. Uh, thanks a lot for listening at the moment. Our main feature this week is inheritance tax. Um, inheritance tax applies to all UK domicile uh, who die. Um, you, your domicile is where you're from. If you're from the UK, if your parents are from the UK, then effectively you're you're domicile. Expats can live and work abroad for a long period of time to try and change that. And and there's things and steps that you could take. But if you haven't taken those steps, well, if you want to take those steps, contact us at productpartnership.com where we're very good experts at managing that inheritance tax planning for a family to avoid that liability. Um, but, but if you if you if you haven't taken steps to uh, show that you're non-domicile, then you're carrying that liability around. So if you're retired abroad in Cyprus, Portugal, Spain, or, or France, um, and um, the end of days is coming for you, um, then you know consider what what your tax planning is for your family. Inheritance tax is charged on your worldwide assets. Even if uh, you, you die abroad, exchange of information between jurisdictions will ensure that, um, you know, it, it has to be, it will be found out. Uh, discrete tax planning in the past may have worked. In the future, it, it may well not work. Uh, Cyprus, for example, joined the shared information system on on uh, within the EU Schengen zone in July this year and, and um, the shared information system is against crime and, and tax, not paying the right amount of tax is, is a criminal offence, so it's a shared information system. When you when you die and you need a, a probate, and administration uh, of your assets, it, it, even if you, you do it in a country in which you die, which is the EU law, um, you still need tax clearance. And if you've got assets overseas, you will need tax clearance to those countries as well. So, you know, everything w- will fall under and, 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 and accumulate up and, and catch up with you. So, um, uh, inheritance tax is a tax liability for British people and for British expats. So, planning ahead to avoid it is important. Why? Uh, it's the biggest growing tax in the UK. £2.6 billion of um, inheritance tax was reported in the UK in 2023, in three months, in three months. So the UK is generating £23 billion of inheritance tax every three months and it's rising very rapidly. Um, the, The thresholds and allowances for inheritance tax are fixed. They have been fixed for... A few years already, and they're fixed at the moment in law through to not- two thousand twenty-eight. So we've got another five years at the same rates. Meanwhile, property prices, um, uh, share prices, investments grow, uh, increasing your potential liability uh, uh, to a higher level of inheritance tax. And with, with some basic steps, some basic way of living. Then you, you can alter your affairs in such a way to avoid that liability falling on your family. 40% of your assets, so for every million pounds of property, business, investment assets, that's 400,000 pounds. It goes straight to the taxman within six months of your death. So that's what you're planning uh, for your family to avoid. Um, it, it's, it's not charged on first death between husband and wife but when you do that you're just deferring the day you can make the decision and take the transactions to protect your family and by waiting until after first death you also um uh, miss a big 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 tax planning opportunity as well so think about it um even if you're non-domicile to the to the uk um Uh, and you're not even born in the UK, any uh, shares, business, property investments um, in the UK are are still taxable uh, for UK inheritance tax. So have that in mind as well. So if you've got a a, a property in London that's worth a million pounds, that is chargeable to UK inheritance tax when you die, even if you're from Spain or, or Cyprus or the USA. So let's have a look. Let's have a look at what some of the exemptions are. Any individual can give away £325,000 um, uh, to avoid inheritance tax. So for a couple, um, that means two times £325,000. Uh, if you've got a property as well, up to 175000 each, Um, of that property value can be gifted without inheritance tax as well. Uh, So that's 500,000 for each person in a couple can be gifted without inheritance tax. Uh, So the the spouse can stay in the property uh, after first death and that 500,000 on on second death for both um, the mother and the father or or the, the, the two partners in the relationship will pass on, one million pounds, inheritance tax free uh, on second death, saving uh, 400,000 pounds. And that's if you wait to die. You've still got the cost and delay of probate to be involved in that, Um, and and that's your limit, okay. Uh, But actually any gift to a spouse is free of inheritance tax. So if you give her all the money now, or you give him all the money now, that's free of inheritance tax even if you do it uh, the day before you die. Um, But but if you do that, uh, you're passing the liability on to somebody else. There's still uh, a tax bill that's coming down the line. Things that aren't uh, subject to inheritance tax, is any money you've got in your pension fund. So if you leave your money in your pension fund and you that as an income source, that's free of inheritance tax when you die. With the lifetime allowance capped, you can put more money into pensions now, um, and you could use that as an income source later on. But what you need to do is nominate your beneficiaries uh, to make sure that they can get that, that money to later date. Things you can do about that during your lifetime. Um, money gifted in from your estate to charity is free of inheritance tax as well. So um, this is the American approach with a foundation, charitable foundation, uh, becomes tax-free uh, of, of their inheritance tax rules. Um, but there's another tricky rule, and it's a, a vastly underutilised rule by expats um, for the seven-year rule. So uh, you could give away uh, to a child or a family member or, or to a stranger 325000 today, and it'd be free of inheritance tax as long as you survive for seven years. Now, you may not survive for seven years, but you may well survive for seven years. If you're 81 today your UK life expectancy is, is still another uh, 10 years. Uh, so, you know, th- 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 there is always time to give things away. And for a couple, it's 325000 each. So um, uh, yeah. uh, 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 parents could give to their children 325000 each today, and it could be free of inheritance tax after seven years. And then, actually, if you repeat that exercise, you uh, in 15 years, you, you can give away two million pounds, and in 21 years, um, you've got two million pounds, which is free of inheritance tax, and that saved you eight hundred thousand pounds. So you can hold on to it to the day you die, have the cost of delay of probate, and pay eight hundred thousand in inheritance tax, or you can give it away to your children. Uh, another quick exemption is uh, unlisted alternative market shares. If you invest in that. And certain types of business, uh, whether it's uh, an unlisted or a listed company, can be exempt from inheritance tax as a going concern if they're gifted or or passed into trust. So think about that. But there's another way. Uh, Instead of giving it to your wife and passing the liability on, why not, during your lifetime, gift it to your spouse? So if we have a, a couple, uh, whether your, your assets are a business or property or investments, we gift those into a trust, okay? And the, the, the beneficiary on first death uh, is a spouse, and, and the spouse receives an income, not the capital, the income for the rest of their life. That gift, because the spouse is a beneficiary during the lifetime, it's free of inheritance tax. The gift is given, and the gift um, uh, can provide an income. So you can keep the money in a pension trust fund because all pensions are trust funds and it gives you an income, a taxable income for life. Or you can keep it inside a, your own family trust and, and the the assets, the, the million pounds or the two million pounds you put into your family trust can provide an income, whether that's from property rental or from an investment or just for pay down of the capital. Uh, it, it's still income that supports um. The, the the widow whoever is a survivor in, in the couple's relationship um you know for 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 their lifetime um on second death the beneficiary then would be the next of kin uh, and uh, it could be a charity of course but it could be the next of kin so whoever that is whether it's the the children or the grandchildren. Uh, that trust can gift that, that those assets down, down, down the generations. The children don't need to take the money out of the trust; they can keep it in the trust. Boots was a trust for hundreds of years. Uh, Welcome Foundation is a trust. Big, big UK companies can be trusts, and they can keep going for for very, very many years, um, and they provide. Um, uh, a business foundation, or they provide income uh, for the relatives to receive. There's no probate with the trust. Um, that there is no um, uh, inheritance tax with the trust, and so it, it, it goes on down the years, and without the forty percent uh, inheritance tax liability of being passed from generation to generation family trust can run for 70 or 80 years, but it can be renewed, so it can run uh, down the generations and and across borders. Better still, um, if you, you use a Cyprus International Trust, then potentially you've got no tax liability on that trust either. On your worldwide income, capital and gains, there is no tax on a Cyprus International Trust and there is no inheritance tax on the Cyprus International Trust. So Cyprus International Trust is a base for holding a family assets of business, property, uh, and investments uh, that can provide income uh, and capital and loan support to the family down the generations and across the border in in a tax-free environment. Uh, For more information and guidance on how to protect your family, from the cost and delay of probate, from the cost of inheritance tax and forced sale of properties to to pay that inheritance tax bill in cash, contact us at productpartnership.com. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, Tune in next week to the Living and Working Abroad show where we'll cover issues for expats living and working abroad. If you want to talk about any of the issues that we've raised today, contact us at productpartnership.com. Uh, And our live uh, uh, website for uh, uh, services, if you want to uh, 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 book a a consultant review one-to-one or have a report, is productpartnership.co.uk. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you next time.